So we're reading today from the uh, first book of, Reve um, well, sorry, first chapter in Revelation, last I should book. say, last book. And it's the introduction which sets the whole tone for the book, giving us our themes and our focuses. So we're reading the first 16 verses. The revelation from or of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testifies to everything he saw, that is, the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and has made us to be kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he's coming with the clouds, and... Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus, was on the island of Patmos, because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. On the Lord's day I was in the spirit, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet, which said, write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamum, to Thyatira, to Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword, his face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. Wonderful. Well, we're here to, uh, to start our new series in the book of, of Revelation, a new series, a new term. And uh, there is something fascinating about the book of Revelation. It is the last book of the Bible, if you weren't sure. Uh, and there's always different responses to uh, the book of Revelation. Sometimes there's those who are like, yes, this is the best ever and uh, people love to delve into it wholeheartedly and, and dig for some stuff. Sometimes people get a little bit over uh, into it in terms of dates and seasons and, and analysing what it says about our current day. Uh, but then there's the other response, which is like, oh no, let's not go near Revelation. That's like, that's the big stuff. That's uh, daunting. And so I guess we push it to a side a bit. 
Um, but the book of Revelation is for us all. It is for us to engage in. It is full of imagery. It's full of pictures for us to, to think about and to, uh, and to dwell over. Uh, pictures about Jesus. Um, pictures about promises from God. Uh, it's all um, full of God's promises for God's people. And so it's a good book to engage in. So I hope that we do. Indeed, the title today is The Greatness of Jesus. And uh, I'm sure as we had the Bible reading, there's that wonderful vision of Jesus Christ. And we'll get to that in a moment, about how great Jesus is. Now, I did wear something today. I don't know if you noticed, under my jumper. It's going to be interesting with my uh, headpiece on. I'm going to reveal something to you. It's not that exciting. See it? It's my Cairo Baptist shirt. And... uh, this is a good thing. I like it a lot. And uh, who knows what it says on the back? Anything? I think they know it. All right. You might help a bit. Can you see that? To know Jesus and to make Jesus known. Ah, you've got it. Perfect. Exactly. And all of us had this on. Lots of us had a shirt like this on in the park the other day. And so uh, I put this on for a reason, obviously just to reveal this to you. A bit like Revelation is showing us something. And if we want to get a hold of this, which I really do, hopefully you do as well. Is this, is this something that you want to do? Does anyone here agree with this statement? Yes? You want to know Jesus and make him known? Well, we're in the right spot because that's what Revelation's all about. It's about Jesus and getting a hold of him and then ultimately listening to the calls in that. Uh, so, well, look, you can wear your shirt anytime. You can wear it to church on Sunday. They're good. All right, and I'm glad that you're in, in uh, wanting to ma- know Jesus, because this is like, really like a mission statement of ours. That's what we're about. It's, it's very short, so we can remember it. We're about knowing Jesus and making him known. Okay, so the first point, and we're in the start of Revelation from the first book, uh, the first point of this book, this book is all about Jesus. So, as I said, if we want to know Jesus, then why not open up the book of Revelation? Uh, there is something great about Jesus that comes out in the book of Revelation. Uh, He is um, the one that we should be looking to. So I want us all to actually pick up the Bible and open it and turn to the back. You won't have any problem finding it. It's the last book in the Bible uh, and it's full of Jesus. And of course, I want to encourage us, what is the book of Revelation? Each chapter, what's it actually saying about Jesus Christ? And of course, What's it calling us to do in light of what it's saying? In fact, you might say, uh, I want to point someone to Jesus. I'm going to point them to the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Well, why not also point them to the book of Revelation? It's full of information about Jesus Christ. It's full of good news uh, for all people uh, to take a hold of. Definitely some words of judgment in there, but it's definitely something that reveals Jesus to us. And if you want me to make my point 100% clear, look at the first few words. Uh, This is about Jesus. Uh, I put the NRSV up because this is a literal word-for-word translation. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ. The first five words there, what's this revelation about? It's about Jesus. Uh, You can say, yes, it's from Jesus, yep, but this is a revelation concerning about, all about Jesus Christ. So what we find in Revelation is predominantly going to give us more depth to who Jesus is. But of course it continues to say which God gave to Jesus or to his servant John. 
to show his servants what must take place. It's also revealing about what's going to happen, what will be, what's going to take place in the future in Jesus Christ as he makes everything new. So is this book about Jesus? Yes, absolutely. And what I love about this book is there is a promised blessing if we opened it up. It's a guaranteed blessing. Verse 3, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy and blessed are those who hear it and take it to heart. What is written in it? Because the time is near. There is this guaranteed blessing as we open up the book of Revelation, as we read it and as we hear it, as it sinks into our inner being, it's going to teach us more of Jesus and it's going to prepare us for what is to come. The time is near. Jesus will return. He will triumph over everything. He's the victorious one. It's all going to take place. And we get ready now by taking Jesus seriously now. So, a question. Similar one to ask the leadership on Wednesday night. Do you want a blessing from Jesus? Do you want a, a blessing? Put your hand up if you would like a blessing from Jesus. I'll put two up. <laughs> I saw most of the hands go up. Yes, of course we want a blessing. Well, then let's open up this book and let's engage with it. Let's take this book uh, seriously. Let's look at the pages. Let it come to life in us. And as we do that, will we be blessed? Yes, we will be blessed. We'll have a greater understanding of Jesus and that will lead us forward in our faith. There is something special about sitting and receiving from God. Sometimes life, we think it's all about doing. I'm going to do this task. We've got the lawns to mow. I've got the chores to do. I've got this big pile of stuff. And at work is so occupying. There's do, do, do. And then when do we actually stop and sit and receive from God? When do we actually get these blessings? It's when we stop and acknowledge God and open up his words. This first chapter, the whole first chapter in Revelation, it's got one command for us to do. Well, it's linked to two. But it's two things, I guess. Well, one main thing, and it's for us to read this book and to take it to heart. That's the only thing that we're asked to do. We're not called to go and run around and to do all things. We're called to stop and to sit before our God and to receive from Him. For some of that's it's really hard because we love doing, we're busy, we're active. Time disappears a lot faster. But we are blessed when we stop and we take God seriously. God is good. And let these words sink in. I think that's the, there is, I love when people read through the Bible in a year, but I think sometimes when we do that, we don't actually stop and let the words sink in. We don't let them hit our heart and let them transform us. Um, it is a good thing to do, but it's also good just to have a section of the Bible and say, what is this saying? So let's do that with Revelation. What's it saying to us? Let this book settle in to us. And I want to encourage us all to take quiet time. I love this picture because it's just us sitting somewhere quietly with the Bible opening, focused on God and what he would say to us through his words. And we know that when we open up God's word, that he speaks to us. Anyone here relate to being blessed as you open up God's words? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's clear. And yet we get so busy doing, we forget to do it. It is a good thing. And something that is so clear in the book of Revelation as well is that God's blessing, the God of all creation, his blessing is to be found, revealed, shown to us in Jesus Christ. Many of us, that's why we gather today. It's because we say, yes, we've realized that. We know that God has blessed us extravagantly, 
abundantly, beyond our imagination. Everything that we find in Jesus Christ is a blessing from God to us. And in verse 4 of the reading, there was that note, straight away, a blessing for those who are listening, a blessing to us of grace and peace, which we see throughout the apostles, uh, all the apostles' writings to us. And then we come to these verses in verse 5, which are full of praise to Jesus. And it says, To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priests, to serve his God and Father. This is to Jesus, to him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. We see here glory goes up to Jesus. And why does the glory go up to him? Why are people praising him? What has he done? He's loved us by freeing us, freeing us from our sins. There was something that we could never fix, and we know that. That's why we do communion all the time. That's why we keep coming back to the cross. There was something that we couldn't fix. It was our sin, and Jesus paid for it with our blood. And so we say amen to what's written here. That's why we praise Jesus, because we have been freed. When we are freed, we are free indeed. We agree with that. That is a blessing for us through the blood of Jesus, a work that has been done. And we are brought into a new identity, a new understanding. We are now part of a kingdom, a kingdom of God's people with King Jesus as our Lord. We are united under Jesus and we're called now into a godly purpose, a purpose to use our, our gifts and our, all that we are to serve God. We are now known as priests. Maybe you don't think of yourself as a priest, but we are. We are called to serve God where we are in this world and to point others to God. That's what priests are all about, about serving people for God. And what is evident is that all the glory and praise goes to Jesus because he is the great one. And next, it comes up to say, is that going on to the next one? Uh, no, too far. There we go, verse 7. Jesus is the great one and we see what's going to take place. Right at the start, verse 7, look, he, that is Jesus, is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him and those who pierced him and all peoples of the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. Here we see some likely references, I think, from the book of Daniel and, and Zechariah. But the whole point is that Jesus is coming back. He's going to return. We need to remember that, have that in the forefront. The book of Revelation makes that so clear. Jesus will return from heaven, and when he returns, he's going to make everything right. Everyone will see Jesus when he returns. That's clear in here, isn't it? Jesus will return, and every single person in this world will know it. Everything will take place as Jesus returns, and everyone will recognize Jesus, even those that pierced him. And we need to remember that all of us pierced Jesus. All of our sin was born by Jesus. He died for the sins of the world, which includes our sins. It wasn't just the Romans and the, uh, uh, and the, and the Jewish um, leaders that put Jesus on the cross. It was all of our sins that put him there. So everyone will see that, but some will mourn as they see Jesus returning. The peoples of the earth, those that don't belong to God, why would they mourn? It's because as they see Jesus Christ, they're under judgment because they realize all of a sudden that they didn't get Jesus. 
that they were going their own way and they mourn because of their sin. They've, they failed to recognise how great Jesus Christ is. And so they will be mourning as Jesus returns. But what an opposite picture for God's people. God's people are going to be rejoicing. And so they say a double amen. It's not once, so shall it be, amen. When Jesus returns, we're like, amen, amen. It's going to be wonderful and we look forward to that day. And so it's like one of those black and white situations. For some, they'll be mourning. For us in Jesus, we'll be absolutely rejoicing. May it be, amen. We look forward to it. And then, in the midst of these promises at the start of Revelation, we see references made to the Lord God. One that I think uh, is uh, written on the board back here, or very similar. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. We see that God is God and He is the Almighty One. He always has been, He is right now, He will be in the future. These are words that Jesus is going to own Himself as, as God the Son. Because we are reminded at the start of Revelation that God is God and we are not. That God has worked to bless us through His Son, Jesus Christ. Let us not forget that. And let us not forget that the book of Revelation is going to keep going back to the finished work of Jesus. Right at the back, even in, in the final chapters, it still goes back to what Jesus has accomplished on the cross. Because it is finished. What Jesus has done has taken place before all ages. The blessing of God, the greatness of God has been known as Jesus died in our place for our sins. And that is the foundation of who we are now, that Jesus has paid it all and has set us free for the future. It's something for us to own and to step into and look forward to what future work Jesus is going to do to set everything right. But the reality is, is that everything we need, every blessing that we could imagine, has been done. It is finished. We can own that now. It is before us. And so we rejoice in the greatest sacrifice of all time, that of Jesus Christ. Of course, this last week was Anzac Day, a wonderful sacrifice to remember the soldiers. But even a greater sacrifice was that of Jesus Christ, who gave up his life for us. So in Revelation... There is a human author behind what God is saying. His name is John. He uh, lists himself as being a servant. Most likely the Apostle John that wrote um, John's Gospel, 1 and 2 and 3 John that we read in the Bible. So someone who was with Jesus, followed Jesus, and he was put on the island of Patmos. And we know that he was there because of persecution. He was actually talking about Jesus to others. And so they, under force, sent him to this island to be there. So he's the one behind the revelation that's given to him. But it's clear throughout the book that this is not a book about John. He's just the messenger. And he's pointing us towards Jesus. And there are seven churches represented. And they are, um, the whole message is supposed to be given to them, to be passed on to them. They're based in Asia, uh, which we would call modern-day Turkey. Seven cities or seven um, churches in those cities and we need to remember that that, of course, is not all the churches. It's a, a representation for us to expand out as a representation for churches uh, throughout the ages. A message from Jesus to his church. So that's a little bit about the uh, author and the background. But of course, as we come here, we need to remember that there is some wonderful imagery even in the start of the first chapter. And John has a glorious vision of Jesus Christ. 
And we are invited into that vision to have a different vision of Jesus. What do you picture when you think of Jesus? Maybe it's the good shepherd. With a, sometimes we see that imagery with a, the, the, the shepherd that went out and got the sheep and we see Jesus with a sheep around his neck, a lamb. Or maybe we see Jesus doing a miracle as a friend of sinners. Maybe we see Jesus, remember when he washed the disciples' feet and he got down? Maybe that is what you get when you picture Jesus Christ. Or maybe it is the cross. Maybe when you think of Jesus, you think of his sacrifice. There's so many other pictures you can have. There's so much artwork there is out there of people trying to display Jesus to us. Well, the good thing about the book of Revelation is it blows all those images away and gives us something fresh, something different, something that is so incredible. Hard in some ways for us to fully grasp, and it says it's like because he can't ever pinpoint what Jesus is fully like. But I'm going to read through these verses, and I'm, I'll go a little bit slowly. I want us to, you could even close your eyes, and I want you to start to picture Jesus Christ from what it says here in Revelation what it says in, in 12 to 16. So it says these words, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me and when I turned I saw seven golden lampstands and among the lampstands was someone like a son of man dressed in a robe reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace. And his voice was like the sound of rushing water. In his right hand, he held seven stars. And coming out of his mouth was a sharp, double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all of its brilliance. probably a different picture than what you have of Jesus Christ in your mind. And yet as we open up God's word, we see this picture of someone so powerful. Things that you might associate with a king with a golden sash. We see someone radiating God's glory in so many ways. Even his feet are glorious. We have a picture of someone who is so wise with wisdom. We see someone whose mouth opens up and a sharp piercing sword comes out. The word of God, double-edged sword coming forth from his mouth. In Jesus Christ, we see greatness like no other. He is the one worthy of all praise. And this picture is for us to dwell over and to sink over. And to say, you know what? Jesus is full of power. He is the great one. He is beyond my imagination. I tried to have a look out for an, an artist who's done a picture and I struggled. 
I found one, which is okay. I tried sister on the web, trying to find a, a representation that might do a little bit of justice, just a little bit to Revelation 1. It was very hard. There's a lot of abstract stuff out there. <laughs> but this one sort of starts to... I think he got it completely wrong with the feet because they're supposed to be like uh, burning um, brass. But radiance. You can't even see the white hair because of the sun. The face is like shining. But it's just... It's such a different imagery of the greatness of Jesus. Jesus Christ is incredible. And as we look at him as the risen one in heaven, he's no longer the one washing our feet, bowing down in that imagery. He is the mighty one who reigns in heaven. And he is the one that we look forward to spending eternity with. He is the mighty one. And if you read on the next verse in, in Revelation, verse 17, what does John do when he sees this incredible image of Jesus? He bows down. He can't, he, he can't hold himself up. He falls at the ground before the greatness of Jesus Christ. And that's a rightful response. When we get the greatness of Jesus, we should stop and bow down. We should stop and say that you are the risen Lord. You are great. You are the powerful one, the glorious one. You will return. You are going to set everything right. You are God the Son. You are over my life. You are Lord. You are the King. And the rightful response is to bow down. And as we bow down, we receive those blessings. As we stop and acknowledge that Jesus is in his rightful place, then we receive those, those things from him that only he can give. It is good to bow down before Jesus and it is good to receive from him. Let's pray. Our Lord God, we thank you so much that you are a God who is there to bless us and to provide us with everything we need. We thank you, Lord, that you give us a vision of Jesus, a vision that captivates us, Help us as we engage with the book of Revelation to see you afresh, Lord God. To see your son Jesus in a way that brings us to bow down and to worship. We thank you so much that you are active and alive and that you will return. And that you are going to set everything right. May your will be done. And may we as your people, may we be ready for your return. Ready to say amen as you return. So we praise you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Never alone, God is with us.